Hey there, it's Vashti Sarah. Welcome back to Post Blog. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons to stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. And for those of you who this is not your first time, welcome back. Happy Wednesday. I hope y'all are having a great week or great midweek so far. And you know, life's good. Last week, I took an unintentional hiatus. And that's because my husband and I were both deathly ill. And not necessarily deathly, but it felt deathly. We had just the worst case of a stomach flu virus you can possibly have. Everything in that area of stomach flu I mean, I'm not going to go into detail because I don't want to ruin your day, but (laughs) whatever you feel like is in the whole realm of having a stomach flu, that is exactly what we had. And unfortunately, I was knocked out a lot longer than he was. Um, I guess my body just really didn't cooperate well with it and it just needed to rest. So I had some unintentional, unplanned time of rest, which is important because if you're like me, who's very type A on the go, has all the lists, taking a sabbatical or taking that time of rest is very difficult. So, you know, my mom, I I called her and I was like, you know, I'm just so tired of being sick. I'm ready to be my normal self and have my routine back. And my mom was like, well, you know, rest is important. And this is your way of your body fighting and your immune system trying to get back to where it used to be. And it needs rest and sleeping and resting uh, builds your immune system back. And it, it, you know, your cells are trying to work. So yeah, unintentional, unplanned time of rest last week, but very much needed, I guess, because I'm back at it and we're in full force. So today's topic is, is Jesus the hypocrite? And obviously, you know the answer. He is not. Jesus is not the hypocrite. Jesus is perfect in every form, in every shape, in every matter. So if Jesus isn't the hypocrite, then who is? Before we get to the who is, which I'm sure you know, you and I both know who is the hypocrite, I just want to talk about the idea of how we tend to push blame. We tend to question Jesus's integrity whenever man fails. So initially when I wrote this blog, um, and for those of you who do not know who are new to post blog, the whole idea of post blog podcast is me talking a little bit more, going a little bit more in debt on blogs that I've written. So every podcast that I have, except for the bonus ones, every podcast episode is based on a blog that I've written. And I have that website, VashtiSarah.com. It's linked to this podcast. So just putting that plug in there, if you didn't know what post blog was about. But anyways, when I initially wrote this blog, I was targeting or touching on the issue with Uh, the Duggar family. And if you're not aware, Joshua Duggar, 33 years old, uh, he was a reality star and the eldest child of the TLC show 19 Kids and Counting. In that show, there's all there's a lot of pretense in the sense of, oh, we're a happy family, life is great, yada, yada, yada. And that's understood. And I I don't mean to say pretense in a derogative or demeaning way, because that's what reality shows are. That's what a lot of shows present. Some shows present a dirty side, but the dirty side too is for fame. The dirty side can also be for more uh, viewers. So there's two ends of the spectrum. 
Either way, Joshua Duggar was known to just a lot of dirty things. We find out early on that he was engaged in child pornography uh, in 2015. It was revealed that he paid two subscriptions for AshleyMadison.com. And that's a site that helps. And I say help in quotation, married men find others for affairs. So he was very just real deep in it. He was interested. I mean, on his profile, he made it very known he was interested in one night stands, experimenting with sex toys. Um, He wanted someone who could teach him and who is open to experimentation, um, like someone that was professional and well-groomed, short height, high sex drive, natural breasts. He would like, you know, that typical girl next door or a naughty girl. So there's a lot of stuff that has come out about Joshua Duggar. And this came out in 2015. All those allegations came out or were revealed regarding his two subscriptions. Those came out after he had admitted that he had molested five underage girls um, and four of them being his sisters when he was 14 years old. So, you know, he admitted to these things, touching his sisters in a wrong way, molested, you know, four different five, sorry, underage girls. And, you know, you, you begin to question, you begin to question who God is, who Jesus is. And you also begin to question Christianity. And, you know, the Duggar family, they're well known to be a Christian family, very devout Christian Baptist family. And, you know, they take pride in living conservatively, sharing their values and their individual relationship with God. So it's not unknown. Everyone knows who the Duggar family is is. I mean, at least if you grew up in that era. I mean, I knew the Duggar family growing up. It was always on TLC. And whenever my parents would flip through, you know, the channels, it they were well known. Even if they weren't well known for their faith, they were well known for having 16 kids or 17 kids and 19 kids, you know, and it keeps keeps on keeping on. So everyone knew of them somewhat. And When Joshua Duggar, his principles or his character came into light and was questioned, it's hard not to question is Jesus the hypocrite because they follow Jesus. You know, Joshua says and he claims that he follows the Lord. You know, he's a good Christian. He follows godly principles. But for someone who's following godly principles, how can he do what he has done? How can he molest five underage girls for being his sisters? How can he secretly on his work laptop or personal laptop, whatever it may be, doesn't really matter. How can he engage in such activity and be, and be open to sexual experimentation with other women aside from his wife, because he is married, he has kids. So how can someone, how can a Christian do this And I think a lot of the times we point back to God and we say, how can God allow this? How can God allow someone to do the unspeakable? How can a good God allow this to happen? And then we point fingers and we say, you know what? God's the hypocrite. Jesus is the hypocrite. But because man fails, does that mean we point back to Jesus? Because someone does wrong and they claim that Jesus is their Lord and Savior, do we point back to their source and say, you know what, you're at fault. You did this. You're the one that's wrong. You know, whenever someone does something wrong in life, whenever someone commits a sin, whether it be murder, a sexual crime, or commit something towards themselves, whatever it may be, 
we have to separate as humans, which this is hard to do because we always want to find someone to point to. We want to cast blame on someone and we like to cast blame on higher authority or an organization. But we need to separate man from Jesus because who committed the wrong? Was it Jesus? No, absolutely not. We have free will and free choice. In Christianity, Jesus isn't there commanding every move that you make. Just as if you're an unbeliever and whoever you are serving, whether you believe you're serving someone or not, you are serving something or someone. That thing or that someone isn't forcing you to do right from wrong. Jesus, if you're a Christian, is your authority over your life. But at the end of the day, you have a choice. You get to choose whether you do right and wrong. In Jesus's example, and even in the Old Testament, God was very specific between what right and wrong was. Even in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, God condemned sexual sin. He condemned man and man sleeping together, women and women sleeping together. That's why he had to destroy the earth the first time with a flood. Because so many people were so deep in sin that God was frustrated. He was up, you know, at his wit's end. He created these humans in his own image and likeness, yet they choose to follow apart from his likeness. God's likeness is just, pure, filled with love, unconditional love, true and holy. But our nature, because we have that free will, that choice, our nature is to choose the route that gratifies our flesh. And what gratifies flesh, it's oftentimes doing what's wrong. God is never to blame and Jesus is never to blame. Yes, they are in control, but they also gave us the choice. And if we like that option of having a choice, if we like the reality that we can choose right from wrong, then we should not put blame or cast blame on Jesus. We should never cast blame on God. What we do with the freedom that we have is not a reflection of who God is, rather a reflection of what's really in our hearts. So if we go back to Joshua Duggar, it's a reflection of what was really in his heart. His actions revealed what was truly in his heart. There was a disconnect. I wrote a couple weeks ago, and I spoke on this a couple weeks ago on what's in your cup. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, I highly suggest go back and listen to that. But the whole idea of what's in your cup is what are you connected to? What is your lifeline? And a lot of the times as believers, we claim that our lifeline is Jesus. We claim that our lifeline is God. But in reality, our lifeline is everything but God. The whole idea of Christianity sounds good. It sounds great coming off our lips. It sounds great because the principles are great. The morals are great. But truth be told, behind closed doors, our lifeline is sin. Our lifeline is something that we haven't surrendered. Our lifeline is an addiction. Our lifeline is a habit that separates us from Jesus, that separates us from God. So whenever we do wrong, whenever someone does wrong, it's not a reflection of an organization. It's not a reflection of Jesus. It's not a reflection of Christianity or, or a specific religion, which I'm not supporting other religions out there, but I'm just simply stating the matter of the fact. You get to choose. I get to choose. And our decision 
when we decide to do what we do, it has nothing to do with who we serve. Because like I said, it's a choice, a decision. Your choice means that what you did was ultimately your desire and stemmed from your free will. No one controlled you. No one pushed you. No one controlled your hand or your thoughts to think the way they do. John 15 talks about it very clearly. I am the vine, you are the branches. I am the vine, referring to Jesus. We are the branches and God is the vine dresser. The vine dresser cuts off what doesn't need to be there. It weeds out the good from the bad. It takes out the the areas that aren't producing fruit. And then he prunes. The whole idea of pruning is to make pure, is to, to remove that nature in us, to cleanse. It comes from a Greek word, katharos, figuratively meaning to expiate, removing the bad within and the bad around to make it pure. And then it doesn't end there in John 15. It, the whole idea, the whole, the whole emphasis is to abide in me. And the idea of abiding, remaining in me, translate to you can't abide in something if it wasn't there in the first place. Abiding eventually shows fruit and that fruit is evidence of salvation. That fruit is that continuance in service to God and his teaching. Abiding is addressing genuine salvation. But a lot of times as Christians, we've missed it because we stop at salvation. We think because we say, I believe in you, Lord, that's it. And then when we do wrong or when someone else does wrong, we question the whole idea, the foundation of Christianity. We, we question the church. We question who God is and we point fingers and we say, you know, Jesus is the hypocrite. He caused this. He really didn't, though, because we've missed it. We are connected to the branch, but then it stops there and then we wither away and we think we're still connected. But we're really, we're disconnected completely. Joshua Duggar did what he did because he was disconnected. Do I condone it? Absolutely not. Is it right? Absolutely not. Is it justifiable? No, absolutely not. But it explains why he did what he did. A lot of the times we say, oh, I did this because of this and we think it's justifiable. No, that's just that's just that just explains why you did what you did. As Christians, we need to separate man committing sin from Jesus's authority. And we also need to separate justification versus explanation. Someone's sin nature doesn't make what they do justifiable. It only explains it. But how do we resolve this? How do we resolve the whole idea of sin? Honestly, there's no resolving because we live in a world of free will, free choice. And the only person who can resolve it is when the king of king returns. But what can we do while we're here on earth? We can strive to be the best version of ourselves. We can strive to become more like Jesus. And the only way we can do that is abiding in him. It's becoming more like him. It's being overwhelmed, immersed, and completely sold out to Jesus. An understanding that saying yes to Jesus, that's where full-time ministry begins. Saying yes to Jesus, that's where it begins. That's not where it ends. Every day, we should strive to cut off, cleanse, and be pruned by Jesus's word. Abiding in him, remaining in him. Does that mean we won't make mistakes? No, we're humans. We have off days, but it does mean strongholds will be broken. The more you abide in your source, your source that is all power, all knowing, your source will be able to break off those chains, break off strongholds only and only if we submit it to him. So Jesus isn't the hypocrite. God isn't the hypocrite. And I know you knew this, but sometimes we need to hear it because those five girls were molested by someone who claimed to be a Christian. Doesn't mean that Jesus is the hypocrite or God is the hypocrite. 
It just means that man is. Because we say one thing with our mouths, but then do the exact opposite. It just means that there's been a disconnect the entire time. It simply means that we're the hypocrites. The only way to walk through and walk from that and to grow from that is truly to take salvation seriously. And that's my question to you. That's my question that I'd like to pose to you. Are you taking Christianity seriously? Or are you like Joshua Duggar? And I don't want to condemn him either in the sense of saying that he's Satan. Because at the end of the day, if he asks the Lord for forgiveness, and this is hard for me to accept sometimes, and it might be hard for you to accept, if he asks Jesus for forgiveness, truly repents, Jesus will forgive him. Yes, there are consequences for sin. There are different consequences for sin that's understood, and he will have to pay his time, but Jesus will forgive. I'm not trying to paint him as Satan, but I am trying to say, are you like Joshua Duggar, where you say with one hand, you are a Christian, but do the exact opposite. And it doesn't have to be something grave. It could be simple. It doesn't have to be something grave. It could be you are living in depression, choosing to live in depression. You're not choosing to find help or to, to uh, to seek counseling or to seek restoration. You're choosing at this point and claiming depression over your life. That's a sin. Are you stealing? You have an issue with stealing, you have an issue with lying, you have an issue with pornography, you have an issue with masturbation. It could be that you're in a relationship that you shouldn't even be in. That's your lifeline. And you're being pulled in deeper and deeper into something that you know you should get out of. Maybe your lifeline is social media, that gratification of someone liking your picture or commenting on your post stemmed from deep, deep insecurity. Maybe that's your lifeline. Whatever your lifeline is, if it's not Jesus and you claim to be a Christian, then there needs to be a reality check. Because at some point in your life, you are going to fall back on that lifeline and that lifeline is going to fail you and expose what's truly in your heart. So that's my question to you. Who is your lifeline? Because Jesus isn't the hypocrite. It's you. It's you and I. We are the hypocrites if we choose to be. That's it for today, guys. Thank you for joining me on Post Blog. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons to stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. Same time, same place next week. I love y'all. But remember, God loves you most.